This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio Program on Community Radio 3CR 855am digital live streaming and a whole bunch of ways you can listen to 3CR. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of current affairs. My name's Chris and Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio were a little show about cycling and related transport issues coming to you from 3CR from our studios in Melbourne, Australia. And on today's show... Oh, I'm going to have a, two interviews uh, about Race to the Rock. You've probably been watching uh, the... Many of you may have been watching the uh, nightly uh, ramrod reports, which have been highly entertaining since uh, the 1st of September. And um, I'm going to be talking to Nick Skerov and Adam Lanner and uh, about their reflections about, you know, riding from Cockle Creek in Tasmania all the way, or, or in Adam's case, almost all the way to Uluru. And, uh, sorry about a uh, fortnight ago, I uh, got double booked, so therefore there was no show a fortnight ago. So also on today's show, I've got quite a few updates to do with the uh, Thanks for 30 Yarra Council trial of 30k per hour in a, loop, you know, a very important block of North Fitzroy and uh, Collingwood. And it just started a couple of days ago, for reals. You might remember back on... Uh, Oh, a couple of weeks ago now that uh, I interviewed a couple of people who were involved with the trial as uh, either local business people or the um, a principal of the primary school. So I'm going to have a little update about that. Also uh, a couple of updates on Carlton Reed, who I interviewed back in March about autonomous vehicles and them being able to detect uh, pedestrians and cyclists. And uh, yeah, it's got some great news. And where shows cross over. A fortnight ago, oh, last week's show, I think, uh, Val and Faiths had um, an author of, uh, was it The Man in Front? I'm just trying to get the piece of paper here who it was because now we're printing things double-sided here in 3CR and it gets a little bit confusing when you're looking at your piece of paper. But anyway, what happened is that uh, it was also the 60th anniversary of Russell Mockridge's death at the intersection of Clayton and Danlong Road. So what occurred is that Kim Nguyen, who I interviewed about a month ago, a couple of friends and a couple of complete strangers paid respect to Russell by riding to the, that intersection on the 13th of September. That was for the 60th anniversary. And it's, uh, yeah, I've got the name here. Ma- Martin Curtis was the guest on Val and Fath Show about the man in front and about uh, cycling Geelong having a weekend of um, events to commemorate one of Australia's great all-round um, riders. 
And I'll just read you this from Save Noble Park Velodrome, Russell Mockridge, 60 years on. 60 years on, five riders on a crisp September Thursday morning converged on the corner of Clayton and Danlong Road to remember Russell Mockridge, one of Australia's greatest ever cyclists. As the sun was still making its way above the horizon, five cyclists, who only just strangers yesterday, descended it into the velodrome in Noble Park and departed one by one as the clock struck six o'clock. Taillights flashing a resounding red and breaking the eerie silence of the pre-dawn. Making our way up Dandelong Road together in unison, slowly but surely, safely and steadily, we reflected upon Mockridge's life while taking turns at the front of the group. Eventually we reached our destination, we pointed out where it occurred and the circumstances 60 years ago. Some riders bid each other farewell and made their way to work, while others continued in their recreational ride for the morning. A few remained... A few remaining turned around and headed back to where they started the morning's ride. After a brief roll, we made it back to the velodrome and rode a few laps around the safe and secure grounds before leaving for the morning. 60 years on, Mockridge's legacy is still very much alive. 60 years on, remember a rider who achieved and excelled so much but his life was cut tragically short. May your legacy live on forever. Rest in peace, Russell Mockridge, 1928-1958. So that was written by Kim Nguyen, who I had on the show, again, just over a a month ago, or just on a month ago, about saving the Noble Park Velodrome, also known as the Maurice Kirby Velodrome, as we have discovered that there was signage uh, having having, uh, Maurice's name printed on it, and we do have photographic prints, so proof. And uh, if you want to find out more, go to the Save... Uh, Noble Park Velodrome and I've helped put together a website um, for that and that's just on WordPress just look for Noble Park Velodrome just chuck that into your search engine or go to the Facebook page and we've got it there in the about thing if you want to find out more about that ongoing campaign. Now uh, interesting little bit of uh, background you probably when you listen to this show that I occasionally or quite regularly play Streets of Your Town by the Go-Betweens and uh, interesting little bit of uh, culture that uh, the go-between song streets of your town t- t- took out top spot in songs of brisbane poll and that was just uh this is from the guardian there's only a few days ago 20th of september so they've taken out top spot in the guardian as australia's songs of brisbane poll with their classic streets of your town and uh it's a, it's a misunderstood song and i understand it that has nothing to do with cycling but it's a very evocative tune you can find out more about that in The Guardian. I'll link that in the podcast. The Go-Betweens also took out third place with a song, Cattling Kane. And, of course, in a poll like that, OK, we've got to go purely off cycling, but, you know, let's talk about Brisbane a little bit, while the Saints nabbed second place with I'm Stranded. And it's a misunderstood song, but, again, as I said, it's very, very evocative. Now, speaking of Brisbane songs... I've got an interview coming up with Nick Skarov, who was part of Race of the Rock. And as I mentioned in the intro, if you've been uh, watching that on Map Progress or watching any of the Ramrod Report on Facebook, Nick's quite an interesting guy. The Brisbane link being, I'm going to play some uh, Scream Feeder as part of this interview. So if you're listening, Nick, I um, hope you enjoy it. Friends of the Earth's Walk This Way is back. 
Join us on Saturday, October 13th on a sponsored walk of Melbourne's beautiful Bayside Tracks to launch our new waste and consumption campaign and take action on climate change. Together, we'll walk 15 kilometres and raise $20,000 for Friends of the Earth. We will be highlighting key issues around climate resilience, rising sea levels and plastic pollution in our oceans. Getting involved is simple. Sign up online at walkthisway.org.au. Get sponsored, spread the word and get walking. Join us as we journey through coastal communities who are most vulnerable to the impacts of climate change. We'll finish up with a community picnic in the Katani Gardens in St Kilda. Friends of the Earth is a proud supporter of CCR. I'm at uh, Curve Cycling and I'm talking to Nick, who's just been on a very long ride. Can you tell me what you've uh, been up to? How are you doing this, Steve? Yeah, so we've just completed our unsupported uh, race that started at Cockle Creek in Tasmania, so the southmost road in, uh, in Australia to all the way to Uluru. So it's, a, it's like a prescribed route that Jesse Carlson has come up with. And uh, yeah, so completely unsupported. So it's more or less if you were touring or if you're you're riding through whatever you can find. So on the side of the road, same with food and finding a, a place to sleep. So they kind of often call it the Hunger Games of cycling because it's yeah, you you're kind of out there on your own. You uh, seem to participate in this on a bike with no gears. Yes, that's correct. I've done a few little bike packing trips here and there on a single speed, and I've, I've grown up uh, on single speed mountain bikes, and I commute every day on a fixie. So, uh, yeah, it was a pretty easy decision. I, I really wanted to have a crack at it on the bike that I had, which, uh, yeah, was a single speed. So I made a task that would seem near impossible just that little bit harder, I suppose, yeah. So that's obviously the single speed ethos. There's less to go wrong, you're always in the wrong gear, and you just go on with it. Yeah, and but it kind of gives you like a feeling of like of, of what you're doing. Like it does give you a real connection with the ground kind of thing. Like you feel every hill and uh, you really try and find efficiency and stuff wherever you can. I find single speeding's actually nearly faster on, on the mountain bike but yeah when you're loaded up with um with bike packing equipment and stuff yeah it's there's no advantage to it it's more or less slow whatever you do yeah what what perspectives have you got on the you know the solitude of being out in the desert yeah uh you just find all your emotions are really exacerbated so you can find yourself listening to a sad song or something like mp3 or something like that and you would just be bawling your eyes out and then finding a can of coke or having having a, a passerby stop and and offer you some food and something to drink is just such a joyous occasion so yeah your emotions and stuff are are on such a knife edge all the time and the solitude is just yeah yeah you do you get such a you get so much time to think 
and quite often the thoughts are like, what's the point? Why, why am I doing this? It's, it gets quite difficult to maintain clarity sometimes. So you, you do start to circle around to those questions of why am I here? Not existentially, but why am I actually riding? Yeah, yeah, yeah there, were, there were a couple of points. There, there were a couple of times, especially in the desert sections and in the headwinds, it's like, why am I doing this for? And then you'd get back at the end of the day and whether you'd be on the side of the road on a sand dune sleeping or pulling into a roadhouse after doing a 22, 23-hour shift and it's like, oh, yeah, maybe it's not all so bad. Maybe I can finish this, yeah. That was sort of a, a roller coaster, you know, the sand dunes made a roller coaster and the emotions followed that. Yeah, the, the sand on the course was everyone was pre-warned about it and you would need to take that into account when carrying water and carrying food and stuff like that because you could if a th- you have a 30 kilometers of sand and that could easily add eight hours eight hours to the next stop and then you could run out of water you could run out of food so yeah it was can be quite nerve-wracking when you're packing at the next roadhouse to make sure that you've got enough uh, to get you through yeah that sand coupled with you had some, I'll, I'll use the term. It's uh, mixed luck with the with the weather being uh, headwinds. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I, we did get a few head, uh, days of headwinds here and there. Yeah, planning around the weather's quite hard, and it's a bit of a double-edged sword. You can try and push on and try and gain thirty kilometres, but you could end up like risking injury and then not being able to finish. There's not a lot to get in the way of the wind. Um, out in the desert but that's where I suppose you know you've got to take what comes at the time you could have had thunderstorms or you could have had wind yeah exactly and that's the thing it's like it's such a long event and it goes from one extreme to the other like a you know you're dealing with snow and ice in Tasmania like wet to where your water bottles are frozen solid and you, you can't drink anything to to getting out to um we, I think we had one day or a couple of days it was around the 30s I think one was high as 36 degrees so yeah, it's like absolutely everything's thrown at you After coming back and, and you know, speaking to everybody here, I'm assuming there might, you might have to actually go back to work or something Yeah, something. I was back at work today actually yeah. right. <laughs> um, So what's next basically? Probably the Tour de Vibe which is from Canada to Mexico yeah, there is a bit of a wish list and there was a few other events that I couldn't really get done this year due to work commitments and to do this. So, yeah, thankfully, with the popularity of these bikepacking events in recent years, that there's, there's quite a lot of choice. And in the same thing, like, in the same breath, you don't really have to be part of something. You can just plan a route and go, OK, I'm going to do that. I enjoy... having the structure of an event that's kind of what motivates me Um, whereas some people might be able to take six months off and go tour or wherever and completely disconnect yeah sounds good I'd enjoy that if I could get the time yeah I'd come back to no job and no house and no dog or anything like that so yeah (laughs) yeah. if I can do these little events in short bursts and stuff I think that's usually enough to scratch the itch Thanks very much, Nick. No, no problems at all. Thank you, Steve. Cheers.
The Environmental Film Festival Australia is on again. See the impact of climate change and meet heroes fighting for justice. Witness the beauty of nature and hear the sounds of our world. Meet the filmmakers and experts inspiring change and join the conversation to create a sustainable future. Face the facts, face the future, face the films. The Environmental Film Festival Australia, in Melbourne from October the 11th to the 19th. Tickets at effa.org.au. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio and Community Radio 3CR, 8.55am and live streaming and digital. And suddenly a uh, wild Steve appeared in the studio. Steve. Morning. Uh, you're, you're a reporter at large for Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio at Curve's post-race to the rock shed beers on uh, Friday night. So you got some good audio there of Nick and we're just about to play Adam. Yeah, that they, they was great to catch up with the guys and see... Uh, Sarah received her giant check for zero dollars and zero cents for uh, for for winning the uh, race to the rock, winning so, for the third time. It's pretty awesome, and I also like the fact that you know we have a thing and you know, like you know fundraising and stuff. People get given giant checks, and and I think that kind of captured the spirit of what curve cycling and some of the stuff that Jesse and. Sarah and all the riders are trying to do is basically it's all it's all just basically on the margins of what people are riding for. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's some. It, you know, if you're going to have a presentation and you're going to do the the um, you know that that's about as formal as it got on the on the night, um, and probably about as formal as it's ever going to get for an event like that. Um, which yeah, it's a great it's a great thing. It's a it's a whole lot more um, organic and. Uh, and connected than maybe some of the other large events, but yeah, they're um, they're kicking on. They're, uh, it's the race that's so hard, no man's ever won it. Um, yeah, that's a really good observation because uh, Sarah Hammond has won it three times. That's it. There, um, Jesse's been, um, you know, let let slip that maybe there's some more competition coming for the for the next uh, next next running of it, but. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. They did have tough conditions. Uh, everyone had uh, sandy trails to uh, ride through. Um, so yeah, it was a uh, it was tough. So it'd be good to hear from more of the more of the guys. Yeah, so it went from frozen water bottles in Tasmania to uh, ferocious headwinds and bulldust in uh, Central Australia. Yeah, the um, the headwinds. I think headwinds and sand. It was just dry. And uh, nasty wind conditions. And as Nick said in his interview, the the race this year, because it started different places over the last three years, this year they started in Cockle Creek, Tasmania, and went to Uluru. Yeah, so the entree was uh, Tasmania and the main course was when you uh, started back again in in Melbourne and headed for the rock. So I'm just going to play Adam's... Uh, interview that you um, that you caught up with. And just, just as a, a warning for the uh, 3CR listener, this contains oasis it's okay you're still on 3cr it's not magic trade fm there's a reason for this song and it will make itself quite apparent in the interview so i'm here at curve cycling and i'm speaking to adam been on a uh, been on a ride a little bit of a ride yeah 
So you've just done race to the most of race to the rock. Most of it. Most I mean, I got to the rock, but I didn't quite get to the end, unfortunately. So yeah. with about 800 k's to go, I uh, had to pull the pin, unfortunately. So. Yeah. Well, that was you, you proved stronger than your free hub did. <laughs> yeah. My brother actually made a nice comment, which made me feel good because he said. It looks like at least you broke it rather than it broke you. So, yeah, that was kind of nice. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, the free hub bearing decided to uh, die with about 100 cubs to go. I mean, I think uh, I got a feeling it was my fault or, yeah, because a spring was put in the wrong way. One little spring being put in upside down tend to, uh, yeah, bring my race to an end. But, um, yeah, it took a while to work that out. It was only your fault if you rebuilt the hub beforehand. Yeah, I well, it was a brand new hub, so we're trying to trying to point fingers. I mean, we did change um, did change a cassette, and yeah, so I yeah, I mean, it might have been me. I dare say it was me because I'm not the I'm not the mechanic. So I think that that I think that the rule the, the takeaway from this is to. For, you, for me not to work on my own bikes is to get a, a trained mechanic to do it. Right, but also, you know, gear failure, there's myriad of times and, and opportunities for one piece of gear to have done a similar thing. Yeah, I mean, look, look overall, everything was going really well, so it's just a shame that, um, that that's what brought it to an end. I mean, I, I've said it to a few people, but I'm not, I'm not uh, unhappy with my ride like of course I would have liked to have got to an end but um, yeah that day was a pretty pretty big day it went from yay I'm going to finish to hey I might even have a crack at Sarah to oh no I'm not finishing at all <laughs> so it was a yeah it was a pretty pretty big day I mean it, I mean obviously it took a little while to realize that I, I can't get on go on but um, I could have waited for another free hub but at that point I guess in my head my race was finished and um the yeah the uh, i just you know at that point i I was knew that i was either going to get in saturday or sunday and so i didn't really want to waste any more time you know i was the draw of my family and getting home and the rock was was pretty strong so um yeah i wanted to complete it that way yeah having having limited time having other responsibilities that start to play on you once once that progress has halted but prior to that you said you were really enjoying how it was going i i had fun i mean like i never um i kept singing to myself you know uh that an oasis song which um and but i changed the word to pedal don't pedal in anger i heard you say so like so i just kept singing that in my head just uh, don't pedal in anger and just keep going so it was a lot about preservation and having fun um so one was getting home that was the number one priority number two priority was to to have fun and i did like i mean look far out don't worry there's definitely some tough times out there Hmm. it's type type two fun yeah most uh, i don't know if most of it was type two like i mean i guess maybe i I look back at it with you know through rose-colored glasses but i think um the first overall there was a lot of type one like I, i actually you really actually having fun and then the type two fun is actually you know is usually met with a reward so i think the i mean as i was saying the way jesse 
designed the course was very much like, yes, I'm having type one fun. I'm really enjoying it. It gets to type two. Yeah, maybe not so great, but then there's a massive, massive reward at the end of that sort of brutal bit or at the end of the challenge. And yeah, so like the ups and downs are really, yeah, just a really well balanced. So yeah, like I look back at the moment and go, shit, that was a, a lot of fun. So. Oh, that's great. That's great. And is this the sort of thing you might consider doing again? Oh, not to this length, I don't think. Not for now. Having a couple of young ones and a you know, pretty young family, like you know, the draw of being away for so long. I mean, I've been on holidays without the family before, and yeah, they um, they notice. Yeah, like they this was different. Though the kids noticed a bit more. Like there's more stress and duress. I guess around me being on this sort of you know big long hard ride and so they felt it more than me just being on a holiday so you know and obviously um, yeah so look I'll do more of this stuff yes will it be for as long probably not I mean for the next few years I'd like to do maybe some shorter stuff you know maybe four to seven days rather than two weeks so thanks very much for your time oh you're you're welcome I'm Tara Sultana, and you are listening to 3CR. Please subscribe. Do yourselves a massive favour. Thank you very much. You're listening to Yarra Basket User Group Radio and Community Radio 3CR. And that was Adam Lenner. Uh, he was one of the participants in Race for the Rock. And yes... Um, we did play Oasis on 3CR. What do you think of that, Stu? Well, that was his uh, that was his earworm, so yeah, it was his that earworm. worked. Personally, I think I would have had a bit of King Parrot when I was out there, but a bit of King Parrot, a bit of, um, I don't know, band you wouldn't hear this time of day on uh, 3CR. Mm, nice bit of you know, Swedish black metal, something like that. Anyway, quick news and events. Now, as I mentioned in the intro to the show, the, the 30-kilometre speed limit in that block northern block of North Fitzroy Collingwood is starting to happen. It uh, kicked off for reals on the 21st of September and there's going to be uh, signs and stuff put up. If you have questions and feedback and if you can register support or talk about ways that you can get involved, go to thanks for 30 that's thanks for 30 all one word, and 30 as being 30.com.au and look for the Get Involved page. Now, also mentioned in the intro about Carlton Root. Now, I had him on the show back on uh, 26th of March this year, and we were talking about autonomous vehicles and that unfortunate incident. Uh, what uh, state of the US was that in, Steve? Where a woman walking her bike at night was yeah, hit can't by... Yeah, can't quite remember the state. But it was kind of getting into um, bike beacons and car beacons and it was a mess of, a, of discussion. Well, not we, not us, but the actual issue. And I spoke to Carlton about that um, from the UK. And 
over last week. He won the Transport Journalist of the Year Award at the Press Gazette British Journalist Awards for Specialist Media. And I'd just like to think that that was a great thing for, for Carlton. It was really interesting to note that the Transport Award was sponsored by Uber UK. <laughs> Fascinating. Anyway, and the last bit of news and events that uh, Rory's Law has actually been passed. And that was about, uh, if you remember, going back a few years ago, Drysdale farmer Richard Rory Wilson had a spinal cord injury and it was when he was hit a parked furniture truck while riding his with head down in windy and wet conditions uh, back in July 2014. Now, this has gone through, can Steve? That was the TAC changes. Yeah, so if you hit something stationary, you're covered. Yeah, it used to be that a vehicle had to be in uh, motion or... Yeah, driving, but now uh, TAC will cover injuries caused by people running into parked vehicles. Well, there was a fear that this legislation wouldn't get through before the caretaker period for the close of uh, Victorian government before we all go to the November elections and vote on what uh, road mega project we want or don't. Anyway, sorry, uh, but it's pleased it's gone through the Victorian Parliament. Okay, that's all we've got time for today on Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio. Thank you for um, special comments from Steve at large. Thank you. Our podcast should be up later today on 3cr.org.au and also mirrored off yarrabug.org forward slash radio. We're all uh, volunteers here at 3CR, the, well, I should say us, the presenters and all that are, and we rely upon your subscription or donation to keep us on air. And I would just want to make special mention before I go, thank you so much to Burundara Bicycle Users Group for a donation of $200 to keep us on air. That is so good. Thank you so much. Because uh, we, the show... Um, you know, basically we run off the thing of a coffee every morning when we come in. So, yeah, thank you so much to everyone at Burundara Bicycle Users Group for that. And we also, remember, we made over our target this year for Radiothon. So thank you so much. Up next is Jailbreak and after that is Backblock. And I should be back in a fortnight. And next week we should have Val and Faith back in the studio. Enjoy your day. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.